Hey, welcome to the Nut Bar Session 3. I'm JB. And I'm David Cunningham. I'm the Chief Squirrel at Squirrel. JB, you're the... Founder OG, I guess. OG, or original gangster. So hey, look, today we're going to cover off uh, three things. Firstly, we're going to talk about customer procrastination. And no one's probably got any idea what we mean when we say that, so we'll bring that to life for you. We'll probably spend most of the time on that and how procrastination benefits banks and costs New Zealanders. We'll talk briefly about mortgage brokers because we've seen uh, numbers of mortgages written by brokers, detail on that come out in the last week or two. And we'll also finish with a little bit of news around inflation and interest rates and what that might mean for the housing market. So customer procrastination as it relates presumably, JB, to financial services. Yeah, yeah, what's, yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, look, uh, it's something that's been sitting with us uh, quite a bit recently, but I, I mean, for me, story I like I was paying my car has a nasty habit of coming up with expensive bills and uh, for anyone that's got a lot of electrics in their car they'll know what I mean I, I had a bill the other day of about three grand and I was sitting there I don't I don't have spare money around right so I was just gonna throw it on the credit card and I thought no no I don't want to pay credit card fees I'll I'll, I'll, I'll chuck it on the transaction account and I went to pay for it, and then it just occurred to me on PayWave, right? Um, there was that's a, when you tap, right? As when you when you tap yep. and go. Yep. Um, I mean, we'll know that with credit cards, there's fees, right? Or often fees, but but with pay and go, I think we sort of know their fees as well, but we we don't really think about it. And I was going to tap and tap and go on that, and I was like, that's sixty dollars worth of fees. 60, so that's what? 2%. 2% on 3,000, 60 bucks, yeah. And who pays that? Well, me. You. Yeah. Right. And, and and I think, the, 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 but, you, but the thing is it's hidden, right? Because when, when you see your bank statement, if you look at your bank statement, I, I typically don't, um, it's just in the sale price. It's not like there's an explicit yeah. fee. So the bill's 3,060 comes through yeah. on your bank statement. And that's the, interesting, eh? Because just as a little sideline, when you spend money overseas on a credit card, I think the Commerce Commission makes banks disclose that separately. Yeah, well, that's but, that's. But the, you've got no choice there, right? That's well, the currency the, fee, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, the, it's not yeah. the. Um, it's not the merchant yeah, service yeah. fee. So who's getting charged. that? Why is that merchant service fee or whatever you, surcharge? It's called, isn't yeah. it? Why is that surcharge there? Because it's the retailer, the car repair company, that's charging you that, is it? Or what's? Well, the, they're recovering, so so they're obviously getting charged by the bank. Um, and uh, you know, which, which is uh, effectively a, a cost that the banks partially, at least, incurring from Visa and Mastercard, and um, and so there's a for the merchant, it's just cost recovery. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, your alternative payment mechanism was you could have used a credit card and tapped that. that would well, have been well the same the, the, this is yeah. So so look with the credit card, you you always. You know, often you're going to end up with a sort of getting a, a charge from the merchant on that, right? Not always, but but often these days you do, and you kind of expect that. I guess the thing here is that I could have if post it by putting my card in and doing the pin, and it would have cost me zero, right? Versus tap and go, and yeah. it cost me sixty bucks, and you know that's, that's like criminal, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah, mean, well. Is it? <laughs> well, hey, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't does feel it? right. Yeah. Well, what doesn't feel right about it is that uh, for what is just a mechanical transaction, uh, and there's no 
benefit to the merchant that it's a percentage of the value of the transaction fee, right? right. So with a credit card, arguably the customer's getting 55 days interest free, they're getting credit, mm. and so for the merchant's- and things yeah, like that. Yeah, and so the merchant's being charged for that because effectively the, the scheme or the bank is saying, well look, if we don't bring that customer with those features, it's going to, um, you know, you wouldn't get that customer, right? And, and I was arguably probably in that case because I couldn't really afford it at the time. But, um, but with debit card, it's my money, it's sitting in my bank account, and then I'm just transacting now, and then I'm getting charged a percentage of the value of the transaction fee for a tap and go, which just mm. doesn't make any sense at mm. all, right? You've got no credit card rewards on it either. It's debit, right? N- so, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 yeah. exactly. It's, it, it, it's not right. So, so how's that procrastination though? I mean, I guess the point is you could contract, you did, did take control of your well, decision, did you? Uh, yeah, I did that time, but how often have I not done it? Honestly, I couldn't tell you how much I've spent on tap and go fees. It's, it would be high because mm. it's just so easy to tap and go. Mm. And you know, you see, you see it on the merchant terminal. It says, you know, we'll charge a surcharge on tap and go. And and often you're just like, oh, I can't be bothered. Mm. And then it was just I was doing some of these bigger transactions and actually consciously thinking about it. I'm like, and then you you actually calculate and you go, what the hell? You yeah. know, that was it's, it happened to me again today. And um, I was at the vet, you know what vet bills are like, 800 bucks, and uh, same thing. Mm. But you know, I was really conscious about it this time. I'm like, mm. actually, no, I'm mm. inserting my card, you know? And yeah. I, I actually had to go and check my bank accounts beforehand to make yeah. sure there's enough money in there. So this is your, your <laughs> if procrastination's the word, or laziness might be a better yeah. word, yeah. you know, you're la- you can very easily, we can be very easily be lazy with our money and be charged stuff that's not all that transparent, perhaps. Um, or not do something that would be hugely beneficial. And it's sort of like, if imagine this, if you had a, what was it, $60 charge on your bank account, num, uh, account if you paid that, mm. yeah, you would have used some swear words, <laughs> I suspect, right? Yeah, 60 yeah. bucks, you've taken 60 bucks off me, but when it was a sort of hidden, or, or worse, if you never had that money in the first place, and perhaps yeah. we can go into that territory in a moment, because maybe that's where a lot of the costs are for New Zealanders. Yeah, it's the invisibility of the invisibility, this, yeah. and, and it's just it's just not in front of your nose, and it's, it's not hard, cold cash, and so it's just too easy to kind of just do it without thinking. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine how many people are doing this, so it'd be, I mean, it'd be very lucrative for the banks, but... Um, you know, the point is that as consumers, we, 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 we are in control. We've just got to be consciously in control. Yeah. Um, and it might be a little bit inconvenient. You know, today I said I had to actually go and check the bank account to make sure there was enough money in the mm. account mm. to pay the bill, mm. which there was. But the good thing with mobile phones is that's a two-second job, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what, are, what are other example? I mean, it might be called opportunity cost, some of this stuff, if I... Yeah. If I don't do something, I miss out. As opposed to if I do do, if I do something, I get penalised. Sort of thing. This is in banking. A lot of the revenues come from customers well, not doing something, right? Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Well, and this is, I guess, this is your opportunity to talk savings and yeah, and, and yeah. Well, I mean, right? if you've sort of been following Squirrel, you'd have you'd have you'd have heard me sort of talking about the massive windfall that's sort of flowing to banks from our inertia or the opportunity costs. Like transaction accounts is the best example where today there's forty four billion dollars sitting in households, yours and mine transaction accounts, earning 
0% in almost every case. 44 billion at 0%. Now that didn't matter when interest rates were nothing 18 months ago, but interest rates today, you know, the OCR is 5.25, right? So 44 billion times 5.25, that's $2.3 billion of opportunity cost. And as New Zealanders, if, 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 if the politicians or, you know, someone said, I'm going to raid your bank account to the tune of $2.3 million, there'd be bloody, what would there be? <laughs> Outrage. Outrage. It would be the headline news item. But that's happening. Every, well, that's the annual cost. That's happening here and now because it's the cost of New Zealanders not doing something. So the crazy thing is, for, uh, 44 billion, there are about 4 million adults with bank accounts in New Zealand. So that's an average of $11,000 per person. Now, I know we all haven't all got $11,000 in, in their trans yeah, transaction account. I know I haven't. But on average, New Zealanders have. So, you know, 11000 you could earn 5% on that with Squirrel, for example, or even 4% at a bank. And, you know, so that's sort of 500 bucks that, that on average New Zealanders are missing out on just on transaction accounts. So that's the opportunity cost from not proactively managing your money. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, look, uh, you know. But what, whilst, can, what can we do about it, though? Well, the simple, right. simple thing is, is just be more active with your money. Actually think right. about these things and, and, you know, like, shit. You know, it, 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 the benefits, it, it's easy to move money for a start, right? So if you take out online call account, mm. I mean, mm. uh, it's same day access. You can move money in and out pretty much within a few hours, right? So, um the, the inconvenience of moving that money is, is pretty small. Sure, you've got mm. to set up an account to start with, but it's, it's actually, it's, 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 yes. it's pretty, it's a pretty low cost transaction. It's not like transaction. When, I was, when I was sort of starting out, you'd yeah. walk to the bank, queue up at the telecounter, and you know, you'd, you'd allow half an hour to do your banking, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're but probably too young for that. Even, anyway. even with these accounts, you can set them up online and you yeah. know, probably, I'm going to say five minutes, five minutes yeah. right? Yeah. So, so the, you know, the, the costs of it in terms of inconvenience are pretty damn small. Um, the thing I was going to say is, look, you know, you maybe you have two or three grand sitting in your transaction account. That that might feel a bit more normal, and you'd go, okay, well, two or three grand. Look, it, it's still real money. It's still a real cost to you. It's still, you know, however many coffees that might be each year, um, and it all adds up. You know, you add that on top of your paywave wave fees on everything else. Mm. And if you if you're disciplined about this and you think about it, you know, in totality, we're probably talking thousands of dollars each year mm. that you're literally pissing down the proverbial toilet by not actively managing your money. Right. And so in this sort of cost of living crisis and so on, then, then um, you know, there's a way to get back some of your money. Hey, so for some people. maybe just a bit of a tips and tools for our listeners. Some of the things would be don't use tap on your debit or credit card. Put the card in, that will save you money. Yep. If it's $2, don't worry. But if it's $200, it's actually costing you. We've talked about moving your money out of your transaction account. Savings accounts will be another thing. If you're earning 2% on your savings account, move it to you know, your bank's 4%, Squirrel pays 5% on call, and it's actually invested with the banks. That's a pretty good deal. Uh, what else? Home loans? Any tips on home loans? Uh, oh, look, I wouldn't leave much on floating rates. They're really expensive. Yeah. Um, so what's the floating rate today, round about? Eight and a half? Oh, yeah, eight and a half would be the carded rate. So um, put it on fixed at six and a half, save 2%, even if it's $10,000, that's 200 yeah, bucks. Yeah, right? yeah, you don't, you don't want to leave too much outstanding balance yeah. sitting either in a revolving credit or a, um, or a floating rate yep. loan. Credit cards, any opportunities there? Um, <laughs> Loaded question, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, pay I mean, it off, right? Pay, pay, pay it off, um, consolidate it potentially back into the mortgage, um, but ideally pay it off. Look, the 55 days interest-free is a bit of a, a bit of an interesting one. So I've, 
I've had a you know a few few cash flow issues recently where I've been juggling money and throwing it all over the place trying to make things work, and um, I normally don't pay any interest on my credit card. I normally get uh, 55 days interest free, even even when I'm carrying a pretty decent balance on the card, because um, because I I, I, I I sort of pay enough of it off that I keep it uh, interest free. Interest free, yeah. So credit cards can be good, but they can be dangerous. As soon as you don't pay it off, it, you know, your interest rate's gonna be, could be easily be 20%. So. Yeah, and that's what's happened to me. So like in the last year, I've only had two months where I've been caught out. But you know, man, the interest cost on it's high. Yeah. Like yeah. I think it was four hundred and fifty dollars this month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's pretty yeah. significant, right? Wow. You know, yeah. You yeah. get hit a couple of months a year, yeah. and suddenly it's yeah. a grand. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, that was a big mistake. Any other things that spring to mind in terms of managing your banking better? I guess is the theme. <laughs> Uh, on you know, turn deposits, actively managing them, making sure you're getting the well, best here's, rate. Well, here's a really interesting one, right? This is a really interesting one for, for listeners. Um, so the other day I was thinking about this because, um, you know, at the moment with a mortgage, if you refinance it, you get a, you get a cash back, right? Now, typically that you then have to stay with the bank for three or four years, otherwise they claw it back. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's sort of something, you don't get the opportunity every year, but every three or four years you get the opportunity to think about refinancing. And often people are like, oh God, is it worth it? You know, it's a bit of an inconvenience to have to kind of change banks and then I have to change a few things and what have you. And again, this is this idea of, you know, sort of this, this procrastination thing, right? Because, mm. or, or laziness, whatever you want to call it. Um, it I worked it out and I, I was working it out and I was like, okay, well, if we took an average Auckland mortgage, you know, probably around 700,000 and we said, okay, we can get a 1% cash back at seven grand, right? Even if it cost you $1,000 mm. to, to mm. do it through a lawyer, you're left with 6K, right? Yeah. Now, how, we, how much work is that for the customer though? Is it $6,000 worth of net Well, work? this is it. This is, this is the thing, right? So if you work it back into pre-tax, income so that six grand becomes ten and you sort of said it's about ten hours work which it's not it's less than that but you know by the time you go you you go and set up an account in the bank and you've done the paperwork for us and everything else let's let's assume worst case scenario it's ten hours work that's the equivalent of being on a salary of two million dollars a year it's a thousand dollars an hour right yeah it's two million (laughs) dollars a year like even lawyers don't earn that much or some do Um, but but you know two million dollars a year and so it's like saying well you're getting paid two million dollars a year annual salary yeah equivalent to yeah, annual yeah, salary equivalent yeah, to, to do this exercise and yeah. then people are like holy shit and I'm like yeah. exactly yeah. so actually enjoy the work yeah enjoy the work <laughs> I mean and that that just brings us back to procrastination opportunity cost inertia laziness I mean it costs us to be lazy with our money. Quite big time, especially yeah. when interest rates are higher. The higher interest rates are laziness with money sort of costs us as depositors and can cost us as borrowers as well. The, the other thing I was going to quickly add into that, Dave, was look, sometimes we come into lumps of money and, and that's often where I see it because you know, someone might have $150,000 and it's sitting in their transaction account. You say to them, hey, $150,000 is in your transaction account. Yeah, but I, I might need it in the next two or three months. And it's like... Okay, but chuck it into a high interest call account in the meantime, you yeah, know? That's seven and a half grains worth of interest, yeah. yeah it's, yeah, because uh, yeah. um, often what you find is the money stays there longer than most people yeah. think. They go, oh, it's just going to be there for a month or two, and then suddenly it's like there for four or five months. It's like, oh man, yeah. you just missed out on yeah. all this interest. So, I guess in summary, the key message is you know, 
arguably banks could tell you what to do. Um, they're probably not going to. So take matters into your own hands. You know, be proactive. Look at your accounts. You know, on the Squirrel website under blogs, we've got quite a few useful articles about ways to think about you know looking after money and making the right decision and you know often that's just doing something different with how you do your banking you know sometimes squirrel's got a good solution for you sometimes not but um yeah take control i think is the message take, and, take. and invest that time because the salary is two million dollars per annum equivalent <laughs> <laughs> refinance your mortgage yeah, um yeah. but yeah just just no you're right dave and I, I think just start little you know an easy one to think about is every time you get to that fpos terminal don't just tap and go Insert your card. Insert, insert your card. <laughs> right. Hey, we talked about refinancing mortgages. So some interesting stats out in the last couple of weeks with ANZ and BNZ releasing their annual results. So in those results, they disclosed the percentage of their home lending done in that period yeah. that was done through mortgage brokers by dollar value. So in the year to March 21, that's two years ago, that, sorry, the half year to March 21, two years ago, it was 45% for, for ANZ. The latest half year, it was 57%, so up 12%. So 57% of all mortgages dollar value went mm. through a broker for ANZ. For NAT, for BNZ, it went from 32% to 44%, so also up 12%. That, you know, when I was back in banking at uh, Co-op Bank a couple of years ago and earlier, we sort of looked at 40% as sort of 30 to 40% as the range. We're now in that sort of 40 to 60% range, and it looks like it's averaging maybe 55 to 60%. Yeah. Why that significant change? Why a ten yeah. percent more of twelve percent more of all flows going through mortgage brokers? Yeah, well, look, I, I guess I'm not surprised because I surveyed my clients, okay. and a hundred percent of my clients are using a mortgage broker. Oh, funny that because you're. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that's an impressive stat, JB. But that's true for every mortgage broker. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I think I think what's going on two or three things. So the first is it's actually got harder for people to get money these days. You know, the old days of someone just rocking up to the bank and yeah, whatever. Here you go. Here's here's the money. Um, interestingly, you know, look, young people moved to brokers. I think a long time ago particularly with things like LVR restrictions and, and low deposit lending and all the complexity of that, it, it kind of made sense. Plus, I think younger people just just, just enjoy um, you know, having someone on the journey with them, right? Yeah, you don't but, know what you don't know when you're buying your first house. Exactly, eh? yeah, exactly. So it, first home buyers have always been there. Um, I think what you're sort of seeing now is maybe the parts of the market, you call them the late majority or whatever, mm-hmm. the parts of the market that um, you know probably traditionally were like, oh, look, I don't need to use a broker, um, are coming in. And, and I think that's generally because something scared them a little bit. You know, a conversation with a bank, maybe just the, the grilling that they've got or the, mm. the, the, you know, the, the, they've probably gone to the bank first. I had a really interesting example come through the other day, you know, high net worth individual, um, older, you know, he's, yep. he's so 80. So the banks would love him, wouldn't they? High net worth? Yeah, high net worth, 80, 83, 84 years old, um, lots of assets, commercial property and stuff, earning good income in retirement. And, um, you know, his relationship with the bank, he'd, he'd always just turn up and they'd just literally say, here's the money, you know. And he was building a house, he was partway through building it, and he needed some money, so he went into the bank and they're like, no, sorry, can't give you any money. And this is a guy for, you know, I guess 60 years. He's mm. just, whenever he needed money, he got it, right? Mm. Mm. And, and I said, no. And so 60 years of paying it back religiously and being a damn good customer. Yeah, and, and, and a loyal customer. And the bank turned around and said, no. So, look, we've sorted it out for him. And so in why, fact, why did they say no? 
What was the problem? Oh, you was know. It, he couldn't pay it back because he was too old or something? Uh, yeah, he doesn't fit inside the box. Okay, you know? okay. so look, the computer says yes, says no for that sort of customer. Yeah, and I, look, I think it's got a lot more difficult for older borrowers because of yeah. triple CFA. Look, triple CFA is something we can discuss another time, mm. but, but you know, this, this over-regulation is better now than it was, and we obviously got a whole lot of wins when we lobbied the government, yeah. uh, was it last year, for, for change. But, um, but, you know, the reality is it still hits, and it hits people like him because he's older. Um, you know, the banks are just too nervous to lend to him. So, yeah, yeah. We're, so, we're so people it. like him come to you instead of when the bank says no, and, you know, yeah. just gradually the word spreads. And, 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 and what else do mortgage brokers sort of bring that you don't get when you go to, you know, your bank? Well, I, you know, I mean, you get choice, but, but um, I, I honestly think it's just that the world's a little bit harder, a little bit scarier. Mm. I think people are much more aware that, you know, things aren't necessarily working out the way that they used to. And so we're seeing a lot more of those sort of people coming into brokers now than in the past. A lot more business owners because, you know, suddenly they're actually having quite scary run-ins with the bank mm. um, that they, they, they're not used to and they haven't seen in the past. Mm. Um, mm. So, you know, advice, I think, is, is, more val- is valued a lot more now. Mm. It's not simply about the rate mm. or the cashback. Do, do banks give advice or did they ever give advice might be a better question well uh, i mean they 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 have but but not 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 hugely Mm. i I think Mm. they're very so they don't have too many qualified advisors you know level five qualified which you have to be to be a broker these days well yeah absolutely like i think in 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 the branches and stuff that's all gone i mean clearly banks still have mobiles and 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 the mobiles are generally pretty experienced Mm. um you know, in, in business, you know, business managers are very good, commercial managers are very good, mm. um, and, and very competent and highly skilled. But, um, but you know, the, the reality is they've still got to deal with things like triple CFA mm. and stuff. Mm. And mm. funnily enough, that's one of the biggest areas where we're seeing the problems is because commercial managers um, are good at commercial property, but when it comes to consumer lending, you know, for mm. a business owner buying a house or something, mm. um, you know, we're running into all sorts of problems because yeah. they, they just don't know how to handle triple CFA. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so Insight is, um, yeah, it does make good sense to use a mortgage advisor like Squirrel. Well, we, we, we would <laughs> but, um, of course we're going to say, we're gonna say that. that, but um, you know, the value is, is pretty significant. And I guess the, 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 you know, talk with your feet, so to speak, in terms of, you know, that massive surge in uh, percentage of deals going through mortgage brokers. Interestingly, in Australia, it's over 70%. You know, places like America, I think it's 90% through brokers and that. So it's it's pretty much the norm to go to someone that can provide advice and choice and walk you through the process. Really experienced is often a feature as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, I thought we'd close today just with a couple of quick updates on what's happening with interest rates, I suppose. So, um in the last week or so, we've had the inflationary expectation numbers come out. And what was interesting about those? So this is an RBNC Reserve Bank of New Zealand survey of, I think it's 200 either big businesses or economic advisory yeah. firms, that sort of thing. So the people in the know, it's not sort of the, the person in the street sort of thing, it's people in the know. And uh, the key there was that sort of a couple of years out, inflation expectations are that it's back below three. And even for the, in a year's time, the expectation dropped really significantly. I think it was one of the biggest moves mm. ever mm. downwards in inflation expectations. So that's positive for the Reserve Bank's perspective when they make the next OCR decision in that, you know, they're looking about, because inflation expectations can have an influence on wage setting and where I'm going to yep. move my prices and things like that. So that was a positive. Flip side of that, though, something Westpac pointed out yesterday in their latest quarterly report was that 
migration truly is surging. So I think it's running at about an annualised 50,000 at the moment, but Westpac's picking it will be 100,000, which will be the biggest ever year of migration into New Zealand. So that's 2% population growth. And they worry that worried about that so much that they've just raised yesterday their OCR forecast, which is, remember, OCR is 5.25 yeah. today. They were sitting at five. The whole market's predicting another OCR hike. Yeah. Um, and they've now moved that peak in the OCR to 6%. What would happen to interest rates if in a week or two the RBNZ does hike and say it's highly probable we'll do more, or even if they did a 50, you know, versus my prediction is that they've yeah, done yeah. the hard work and they should <laughs> stay where they are. There's a good blog on our website about why interest rates are peaked. You can have a read of and it's a pretty damn strong argument. Um, but, but what would happen if we get a really hawkish OCR? Would it see a lift in interest rates or not? You could, I, you could see a minor increase in interest rates, uh, mostly at the short end, right? Um, right, sort of one year term. One you'd you'd year probably see the two rates. year term drop, wouldn't you? Because, you know, the, the, the market would go, well, hold on, the Reserve Bank is definitely going to tip this economy into recession. So high rates now, but boy, they're going to come down fast when inflation sort of disappears. So it could almost again be counterproductive because yeah. after the last OCR increase of 50 points compared to the market's expectation of 25, swap rates, you know, and, and they said specifically they did that because they don't want fixed mortgage rates to fall. Guess what happened? You know, they were trying to push swap rates up probably. In fact, swap rates initially fell except for the one year term. And they're, they're basically where they were. Yeah. So, you know, it's a dang, bit of a dangerous play, game to play at the end of the cycle when households have still got these massive increases in fixed uh, Yeah, look, I, I mean, where I land on all of this is I, I just I just know what it feels. As, as a homeowner that's got a really big mortgage, yeah. <laughs> I, I know um, how much it's hurting it's me hurting. personally, yeah. um, let alone everyone else, um, uh, in terms of these high interest rates, right? And yeah. I know what it does to me. Like, honestly, I, I'm not eating out um, You're checking your bank account before you pay the. I've bill. got I've got no <laughs> holidays unless someone else is paying for it. Um, it's it, yeah, I'm checking my bank account before I pay a vet bill. Um, like we're we're all in it, right? And it is altering our behaviours, and we know it's going to get worse. Um, it's tightening things up. I know from a business perspective that no one's out there recruiting at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, um, from a from a business perspective, everyone's thinking about efficiency and how, how to keep costs. Mm. You know, so, you, JB, you're right in touch with the front line in terms of you have you talk to yeah. half a dozen mortgage customers a day, probably, don't you? And lots of business owners. Lots so, business owners, yeah. um, so, you're, you know, you're to see it. But the Reserve Bank must be seeing that too. They've got really good survey mechanisms. They, they will be, and yeah. I, I'm in those survey mechanisms. But, um, they, they will they will be and I, look I think things are slowing down if you look overseas there's certainly much much weaker inflation yeah, yeah. data coming out right mm, mm. Um, and then you think about migration and migration could be inflationary but the thing about migration is it could take the pressure off More workers the wage, wage price yep. spiral yep. right so yeah. because wage inflation is probably one of the biggest costs for business yeah. so yeah. I, I, look, I, I, I kind of feel we're done. I think of anything with the migration number, that's really just going to, I think we talked about it last time, it's going to underpin house prices, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the rentals are going to fill up. Um, mm. It's going to be a good thing for property investors who, who are feeling the pinch at the moment with the mm. removal of interest deductibility. Mm. So, mm. Um, hey, so um, just on that topic, um, I've uh, half-penned an article on why I think the housing market is bottom. We talked about that last week, so I'll sort of formalise that. That will be on um, scroll.co.nz. Interestingly, you were meant to be arguing that house prices still had room to fall. I know, <laughs> but 
I um, the data told something else, JB. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, so, uh, yep, watch That's out us. for that article. Um, your prediction for the OCR is That's that? That's going up. It's Quarter going up 25. My call yeah. is it shouldn't go up. It would be lunacy to put it up. And I said, I don't think the Reserve Bank's run by lunatics. So <laughs> I know a few of you at the Reserve Bank proved me right. <laughs> but Westpac's calling for a 6% OCR and uh, definitely a 25-point increase that are coming up. Hey, so that's it from us, the final advertising plug. Look at if you've got that lazy money in your call account, your transaction account, your savings account with Squirrel. You can put it on call at 5%, takes five minutes to join, transfer back and forth from the banking system inside two hours, soon it will be seven days a week, and earn 5%, and it's invested, held on trust with a bank. So there's a solution in terms of that lazy money, um, and uh, yeah, lots of tips there in terms of how to get more out of your money. Awesome. That's bye from me. Yay. Next time. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you have any questions or things you'd like us to talk about in the future, get in touch with us at david at squirrel.co.nz or john at squirrel.co.nz. And please do share this uh, and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not financial advice or a recommendation of any financial product. Any commentary provided are personal views and are not necessarily representative of the opinions of Squirrel. As always, we recommend seeking professional investment or mortgage advice before taking any action.